You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, we're getting there. We are officially getting there. Tomorrow's the big day. Um, still very, very, I guess, curious what the uh, starting lineup is going to look like. According to Matt LaFleur, David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, questionable. Alan Lazard, doubtful. Um, I already forgot what I had said, but uh, I made a prediction a few days ago about who was going to be playing. I don't exactly remember what I said, other than I had a feeling Lazard was not going to play. Oh, I said Watson would. I don't know if I said the tackles or not. But anyways, that's kind of where we're at. A lot of um, concern also because David Bakhtiari did not practice. Some question about whether that may have been a rest day, though. Then there's a whole bunch of back and forth on Twitter about, well, you would never rest him on a Friday before a game. I don't know why that would be true at all. Um, If there's any injury issues that cropped up with his knee, then that's a very, very serious thing. That's that's been his whole problem this whole time. He should have been back by now, but he keeps having these recurring issues with his knee. If there's some kind of swelling or something, you just just go ahead and throw me in the he's not coming back camp (laughs) like his his career's done. Um, But again, some talk about uh, potentially veteran rest or just, you know, let's not mess up his knee rest day. I don't know. No other injuries. Robert Tunyon, 100% back. That wasn't super in doubt in my mind, but it's officially official. Pretty important for this game, especially, you know, with the the lack of, of veterans on the team and the lack of, I guess, weapons in general, especially with Lazard probably not playing. Um, Tunyon's going to be a big piece. Asked about Yash, he's basically said he's mostly a left tackle. That's kind of where he's most comfortable, but if need be, put him over at right. Again, shouldn't have been really necessarily um, in doubt. Uh, they did the captains thing, which I'm, I'm really just getting sick of. But offensive captains, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Mercedes Lewis. Defensive captains, Kenny Campbell and Adrian Amos. They asked Jair, did you take it personal when you didn't win? And his answer was yes. We need to stop. As much as I fully understand the, you know what, we don't need to stop. These guys just need to suck it up. No, we need to stop. Team captain, first of all, is stupid. Who cares? It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't add anything to anything. It does nothing. And apparently it's causing problems with the children playing football who can't handle it. Zadarius lost his freaking mind when he didn't win captain. And now Jair flat out is just saying, yes, I'm taking it personal. This is a disaster. Knock it off. If, if you need a team captain, fine. Game day, flip a freaking coin, pull cards out of a hat. Who cares? Treat it like kindergarten. Everybody gets a turn. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's beyond stupid. It's time to let this go. 
Anyways, uh, Mason sounds like he's going to be good to go, which is great. But um, yeah, the the if you look at the Packers and Vin, and Vikings injury report, it's staggeringly different. Now that doesn't mean just because they're on a report that they're not going to play. But let me just read you the Packers injury report before they've played a single game. David Bakhtiari, Mason Crosby, Tipanaliai, Jake Hansen, Elton Jenkins, Alan Lazard, Dallin Levitt, Mercedes Lewis, Yash Nyman, Darnell Savage, Robert Tunyon, Christian Watson. Um, now, the Mercedes Lewis was just veteran wrestler. He shouldn't be on there. But that's a lot of people. Here's the Vikings. Bullard, Seen, and Madison. Madison, it says, uh, not injury-related. Personal. I'm guessing... Again, I had seen something where he was potentially wanting to get traded. It may have something to do with that. The only injuries are Jonathan Bullard and Lewis Seen. Lewis Seen, I don't think, is even a starter. Um, Bullard, I believe, is, but is sort of like DT3. You got your two main guys and then Bullard. But even still, they're both limited on Thursday. Now, they didn't actually update this for Friday yet, so we'll see if anybody gets added or what happens, but... That's it right now. Now, to elaborate on the Packers, again, we, we heard everything that there is to hear, but Christian Watson being a full participant uh, this entire week is fantastic. All in all, it's, it's, it's kind of good, but kind of bad news. To have this many people banged up before the season even started is crazy. But to have this many people back that we weren't necessarily expecting, Watson, Tunyon, sounds like Savage should be ready. Yash is looking good. Uh, Levitt has been full participant the whole time. Tipa's fine. Hansen's fine. Crosby's ready to go. And Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari, again, are questionable for the game, which sounds worse than it is, considering we didn't know if they'd be back, heck, by midseason for all, for all we knew. So depending on which way you want to look at it, it's either really positive or really pretty ridiculously terrible. Anyways, I do actually have audio uh, for those of you that are interested. But uh, whether you are or not, it's my show, so we're going to listen to it. Just in case there was any question about whether or not maybe he was joking around or whatever, here's what Jair had to say about not being voted captain. I'm happy for the guys who was voted team captain. Um, you know, I guess I didn't make the cut this year, and uh, I just got to keep working and just do what I need to do. That's all I can control is being here right now. Did you take it personal? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. So, I don't know how else you can construe that. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm not going to go over it a second time, but stupid. You know, just just stop. Stop doing it. It's also really upsetting right before a big game. You know, we got maybe our most talented player, Jair Alexander, is now suddenly taking this outsider thing like, like Zadarius did. I'm sure Zadarius like, gave him a call or a text or something. Um... I, I don't need this right before the Vikings game. I don't, I don't, why, 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 why? I don't understand why. Oh, it's so stupid. Anyway, some quick news around the NFL. Michael Gallup for the Dallas Cowboys is officially out. I wouldn't care um, other than the fact that it gives Tampa a better chance of winning, which sucks. Uh, George Kittle has remained sidelined for Friday's practice. He ended up injuring his groin on Monday, and so that means he will not be playing against the Chicago Bears, which sucks. Uh, Michael Thomas is questionable against the Falcons. I'll take that as a positive. I'm rooting for the Falcons in that game. Phyllis Jones is questionable for week one with the Chicago Bears. 
a lot of interesting things going on with the Chicago Bears. Um, Bayless Jones, I don't think, was going to make any impact whatsoever, although as a kick returner, could give him a better special, uh, field position and whatnot. But I don't necessarily think that's a big deal. Bears fans will... See, the funny thing about Bears fans is they're downplaying everything right now. So Valus Jones not playing suddenly doesn't matter. Then there was this thing about Lucas Patrick possibly not playing, and then suddenly it's like, well, maybe he's going to play right guard. And the immediate thought of many people is, wait a minute, I thought Tevin was the right guard. Why would they put Lucas Patrick at right guard? Oh, that's just... They're downplaying everything. Tevin Jenkins was the next great elite brawling guard, the greatest thing we've ever seen in our lives, and then suddenly on a whim, they're like, ah, let's just let Patrick take that job. It's kind of hilarious. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was injured and then was not injured like the very next day, so he's back. Pretty excited to watch the Panthers curb stomp the the, uh, Cleveland Browns because I think it'll be funny. Speaking of, Greedy Williams of the Browns is on IR now. They just placed him on IR, so best of luck with that. Chris Godwin, wide receiver for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is going to be a game-time decision, so uh, fingers crossed they hold him out. Rondale Moore, rookie wide receiver for the, um, or no, second-year wide receiver, I think, for the Cardinals. 50-50 to play. It's a lot of injuries. It's kind of surprising. I mean, I guess this is across the 31 other teams, but still. Uh, Drake London, rookie wide receiver for the Falcons, is questionable for week one with his uh, knee injury. Not massively important, but interesting. Again, I want the Falcons to beat the Saints, but also it's a rookie. I'm curious to watch him play. Um, And then the big news of the day, I guess, is that Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens were not able to come to a contract um, decision. They were not able to come to an agreement. It is a little bit surprising. I mean, I I don't I don't have any idea what the numbers were like, but I, I here's my thought. Obviously, with Lamar not having an agent complicates things. I think Lamar wants to be the next highest paid quarterback. He wants $50 million a year. I don't think the Ravens have any intention of paying him that because he doesn't play like that. There's a whole lot of talk about he's, he's easily the top three quarterback in football, all this stuff. Uh, Michael Vick just came out and said he deserves top three quarterback money. The problem is he's not top three. He's not top three in anything. Passing grade via PFF, he ranks 24th. Completion percentage, he ranks 24th. Obviously, he didn't play a ton last year. He played 12 games, but he didn't even crack 3,000 yards last year. The guy had 16 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. When you have almost a one-to-one touchdown-to-interception ratio, that's not good. Good quarterbacks don't have that. Stafford was 50-20. and 20. Mahomes, 48-16. Brady, 46-13. Allen, 45-15. Burrow was 39-16, Prescott 38-11, Herbert 38-15, Aaron Rodgers 37-4, Cousins 33-7. You see what I'm saying? There is a significant, you should have significantly more touchdowns than you do intercept. I mean, like 3x, 3 to 1, not 1 to 1. Big time throw percentage, he's 15th. Turnover worthy plays, 13th. Or if you look at it from a positive standpoint, he ranks 25th. Um, NFL passer rating, 25th, ranks 35th in time to throw, assuming you're sorting by getting the ball out quicker is better. I mean, he, he's not even, he's not, is he top 20 in any one category? He had one really good year in year two, and that's it. Rookie year was terrible. Year three was bad. Year four was bad. 2020, he ranks 17th. Adjusted completion percentage in 2020, he ranked 25th. I mean, it... I understand that's just kind of how it goes in terms of, you know, if you, if you are the guy that we're sticking with, then we got to pay you. 
but I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. I'm not paying the guy. And I keep seeing a bunch of Packer fans saying, oh, if Aaron Rodgers, uh, if he retires this year, the Packers should line up and pay him the money. Give him that $50 million a year. Are you out of your freaking mind? Are you absolutely out of your mind? Lamar Jackson, who's already getting injury issues? If you're going to get a marginal upgrade over Jordan Love, don't get a marginal upgrade over Jordan Love that's going to cost you $50 million. Go get a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo that's a marginal upgrade over um, Jordan Love, and it's going to cost you what? What, are, what is he costing right now? Free? You want a banged-up, mediocre quarterback, don't pay a lot of money for it. If anybody out there has any statistics that you want to throw at me to show me why he's really good, go ahead. Oh, I know. Rushing yards. Right? Rushing yards. Isn't that what it is? This is the obsession. I don't, I don't get it. 1,175 rushing yards in 2020. Number one in the NFL. He was third in 2021, having played only 12 games. So I'm a little bit disappointed that uh, they didn't come to an agreement because I love nothing more than seeing teams massively overpay and lock their entire franchise down on somebody that's not worth it. But go figure, a respectable, intelligent organization decided not to go that route. So, All right, is there any other not important things that we need to cover here? I mean, it's important, but let's let's be honest. This is about Packers Vikings. Um, here's what I'm trying to decide, kind of on the fly here. Usually on Sunday, what I do is because we go over like Friday, Saturday, real in depth for Packers Vikings or the upcoming opponent, whatever. Sunday is relegated to looking at the other games. The problem is Sunday probably should be dedicated to getting hyped up for the game. I think I am going to do it tomorrow. I'm just going to try to. Try to keep it brief. We'll see how it goes. Um, with that said, here's what we're going to do. Let's take an early break here. Then we're going to kick it over to Patreon. I think makes the most sense. Um, I asked it. A, I asked asked it a bunch of questions over there. And I think today would be a good time to go through those, just because I want to make sure that we get them. And if we're doing the other thing I have planned for tomorrow and the games, I don't know if we'll get to it. So let's take a break. If you want to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If you'd like to support Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry, you can find links to that at the top of my Twitter, as well as the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. But, very, very important message, do not forget pristineauction.com. Back with the Packernet Podcast, they've got another giveaway for you. In fact, we just got a, uh, a message. Clayton received an email from the, um, the person that won the last giveaway. Very, very nice message. Really appreciative uh, to him for that. It's always nice to hear from the person that won, because part of you is kind of like, did they even pick a winner and send something to somebody? I don't even know. Lying to me? Pristine wouldn't do that, but you never know. Some of these some of these shysty companies, you never know. But this time they are giving away a replica Super Bowl trophy, a Lombardi trophy. It's got an awesome graphic of Jordy Nelson on it, and it is signed by the man himself, President Clinton. No, I'm just kidding. It's Jordy. No, it's not Bill Clinton. That would be weird. Jordy Nelson signed football championship trophy. Head over to pristineauction.com, click the registration button, and then use registration code FARV, and you are entered. It's done. It's over. That's all you got to do. And as a bonus, Pristine Auction is going to kick in $10 to, uh, to your first winning auction. So you win something for 50 bucks, it's going to cost you 40 Head over to Pristine Auction right now. Get registered. Promo code is FARV, F-A-V-R-E. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. So as I mentioned, I sent a bunch of stuff over to Patreon just to kind of get where everybody's at. I'm going to save one of them, and that is uh, Week 1 Hot Take. So this is all different... um all different games and everything. That'll be for tomorrow. On Twitter, I also had um, win-loss predictions or whatever. Uh, we'll save that for tomorrow. However, let us start with... Let's go with the obvious first. Actually, it's it's not really that obvious. I am, I am quite impressed by this. Who wins, Packers or Vikings? Craig did say it was going to be a close one. Aaron says heart attack at the end like normal. However, the results, 19 total votes, votes 100% Green Bay Packers. I respect the confidence. I do. Let's hear score predictions. See if anybody picked the Vikings. <laughs> that would have been weird. Speaking of, I got a video. You know what? I'm going to play this video because it's going to segue nicely. Wasn't exactly sure where to drop this. It's going to seem random, but um, hilarious nonetheless. Here you go. I'm going to go with the Chargers. Yeah. Stephen okay, A. tell me why. 
There's a delay. Justin Herbert. Herbert. Williams. Duh. Keenan Allen. Whew. Can't stop okay. him. Nobody's stopping that offense. Deeper here, Raiders Chargers. Who are you backing to win this one, Stephen A? I don't know. I'm gonna go with the Raiders. I'll just go with that. <laughs> this is this. Listen, I, we we've been over this a million times with these national guys, especially Stephen A. Steve, Stephen A. And who's that that really cringy guy? Uh, Dallas Cowboys fan. I can never remember. They are like the lowest of the low to where they know that they're stupid and and that this is a big gimmick and they play it up and it's fantastic but this this is this is seriously how they operate let me tell you exactly what happened with Stephen A so so just so we're clear Stephen A said he's picking the Chargers to win and he listed off the roster so kudos to him for knowing the roster pretty well I mean he picked the stars but still I mean off the top of my head I'm like oh man who is it uh, Herbert and uh da, 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 da. he he just boom 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 rattle it off and then I don't even understand the question. She says, let's d- dive in a little bit deeper. Who are you backing, Chargers or Raiders? And he says, eh, I don't know. I'm going with the Raiders. You just said the Chargers. Not only did you just say the Chargers were going to win. Again, I have no idea why she asked the question a second time. And then he <laughs> gave a different answer. But he said, nobody's stopping that offense. Here's the thing. He doesn't believe what he said. This, this is like debate class where they give you your position and you have to fight to the death for it. This is how these shows work. That's why they're always on the opposite side of things. They don't actually believe any of this stuff. Or maybe they do, but it doesn't matter. He, off the top of his head, said Chargers, and then he fought to the death, and he stands out at 110%. Nobody's stopping him. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. And then he got caught off guard. He, in his mind, you know, distracted. I don't know what's going on in his head. She asked about a different game, and she said Raiders, Chargers, whatever, and he's, he heard char- or Raiders first, and he just thought, nah, I'm going to go Raiders. He doesn't actually believe anything he says. If you watch these shows and you actually think that these guys believe what they, they say and they're actually defending these opinions, he's an idiot if he believes that. He doesn't believe that. He doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe any of this. Everything he said about the Chargers being unstoppable and nobody's going to stop, it's all fake. It was just off the top of his head. Again, that's why when it came back around, the, he flips a coin in his head to find out what position he's going to take, and then he, uh, he fights for it. That's it just absolutely hilarious anyways um i just i i thought of that when i said i wonder if anybody picked the vikings but here are the score predictions that we've got so far and i think i'm going to save mine for tomorrow Uh, no you know i I should probably do it today because tomorrow is all about getting hyped up and i don't want to give a um you know 24 27 score and it sounds boring uh goose says 35 23 packers craig andrews 24 to 21 he added packers Jason Lindstrom, 31-17 Packers. Steve Waltering, 34-10. Aaron Nelson says 42-27. And the optimism is just through the roof. John Lamming, 28-21 Packers. Roger Davis, 24-17 Packers. Um, Brian Pekowski says the beautiful green and gold, 27-17. And then Andy Monday, 31-17. So just so we're clear... The Vikings, and this this must be just being super hyped up about the Packers' defense, because the Vikings' offense, which I you know, I'm, I'm, I laugh about how how hyped up they get for having the same players, but I like their offense. I think it's a good offense. The score predictions for the Vikings: 23, 21, 17, 10, 27, 21, 17, 17, and 17. 27 is the only 
prediction via Aaron Nelson. The only prediction of a moderately good score for the Vikings. Packers scores, 35, 24, 31, 34, 42, 28, 24, 27, 31. Not as much optimism about the Packers offense, but still a decent amount. One, two, three, four, five. Five out of nine had a, at least 30 points. You guys impressed me, man. You're, you're braver than I am because I, I don't think I can do that. Let, let me give that a shot while we're sitting here. Sorry if anybody asked this question, what's your score prediction? But So first of all, it is worth noting that the Packers did score th- more than 30 points both times against the Vikings last year. Um, again, their defense is not necessarily their strength. However, I don't know what we're going to get from the Packers offense necessarily. The last time they played together, it was 37-10. to 10, But again, no Kirk Cousins in that game. Um, see, what were some of the best defenses the Vikings played last year? So none of the teams that they played where they scored 30 points was a top 10 defense, including the Green Bay Packers. The Pittsburgh Steelers, everybody assumes, has a good defense. They ranked like 20th last year. Um, highest score they've had against a top 10 defense. San Francisco 49ers ranked 9th in Week 12. They lost 34-26. to 26. So they scored 26 points against a team that was ranked 9th on defense. The Rams surprisingly ranked 15th last year in terms of points, so they don't qualify. The Dallas Cowboys would actually be next, um, and they scored 16 points against Dallas. Dallas's defense ranked 7th. So they played two top 10 defenses. They scored 26 and 16, and I think they were like 7th and 9th last year. If I split the difference, that puts it exactly at 21 points. I really don't like having it on even touchdowns. But I'm going to leave it there because it feels like fate. So Vikings 21. Last year, the Packers played one game without Devontae, and they won 24-21. to I have the Vikings scoring 21 points. 24-21 feels, feels kind of right to me here. Now, to be fair, if you go back last year and look at games that Devontae didn't play, and by, and by the way, the Cardinals had the 11th ranked defense. The Vikings will not rank 11th on defense. Uh, week three, the Packers scored 37 points. Week four, they scored 30 points. That's without Devontae. And then the year before that, which is the last one we'll look at, um, 2019, weeks five, six, seven, eight, they scored 34, 23, 42, and 31. So the lowest point total they've had was 23 points. They scored last year 24 points. All the other games have been 30s or 40s. Hilariously, we lost the game before and after Devontae came back. So the game before he left and the game that he came... So it was, we lost, then Devontae left, we won four in a row, Devontae comes back and we lose right away. (laughs) Not saying Devontae is to blame, I'm just pointing it out. But 34 points against Dallas in 2019, they were the 11th ranked defense. I don't know, should I stick with it? I'm I'm tempted to go higher just because of all these big games without Devontae. I tell you what, I'll I'll be the, the wet blanket here today. I'll say 24-21, Packers win. And if we end up lighting them up, then you can call me a pessimistic loser. I'll be in a good enough mood to be able to take it in stride. Um, let's do the questions, because I think the other ones are just kind of fun fun ways to end. Packers versus Viking questions. Edward Stevens says, Will LaFleur have the balls to go, excuse me, to keep the pedal down all game? Well, if I'm right about the score, he's not going to have a choice. But um, that is a very good question. If we are beating them handily. Let's say it is um, 
I don't know, 28-14 in the third quarter. Are we going to see the defense start to back off? Are we going to see the offense run the ball more? Which, I mean, listen, if we're if we're dominant on the ground, I'm not opposed to running the ball. But if we're simply running the ball because we want to control the clock and we're not really interested in continuing to, as you said, put the, the pedal down. Look, here's the bottom line. As, as much as I think we should beat people's skulls into the ground, as much as I'm in favor of that, if, if you have the ability as a team, if, you, if you're beating somebody that bad that you have the ability to run up the score, I think you should do it. I think you should, especially a divisional opponent. Why would you not want to break their spirit your week one? Why would you not want to do that? Well, they're professionals. That's not going to happen. BS. These are human beings, and half of them are emotional midgets. Take a look at Zedarius, and hopefully not Jair. I'm sure he'll be fine. There's going to be, there, there are going to be plenty of guys on that Vikings team that'll be able to handle it, but there's a lot of guys that won't. You're going to crush a fan base. You're going to crush it. You should do it. Even if it's not a divisional opponent, you should do it. But beyond all that, just do what's working. Even if it's not about running up the score, if passing the ball is, if they can't stop you from passing the ball, but you can't run the ball, I don't care about time of possession. Keep doing it until they start stopping you. Then you can go back to running the ball. Don't do it simply because, well, I'm scared that, you know, we're going to let them back into the game if we throw the ball. No, you're going to let them go back into the game when you run the ball and then have to punt and give them the ball back right away. That's cute that you drained a, you know, a handful of seconds off the clock with a quarter and a half to go. I'm sorry, 30-second chunks are not going to cut it. You got 20 minutes of football play left? Teams can come back real fast. You keep playing until it's impossible for them to come back. Then you can start running the ball. So I don't know. Uh, Hopefully we'll get an answer to that question because it means we're in a position to make that decision. Craig Andrews, how many sacks will we get? Like our chances given our D-line and edge rushers against their O-line and Cousins not being much of a runner? That's a fair question. Um, I mean, it, it it just comes down to the defensive line and I guess the corner's kind of holding off as well as the hype, right? I mean, they've been crushing the Packers offense all through training camp. They annihilated the Saints. Saints could not move the ball. They couldn't do anything. It was sack after sack after sack. Again, you know I'm somewhat skeptical because it's largely the exact same guys last year that didn't do that. But again, with a lot of these teams, you look at like the best of the best. Again, the 2018 Bears, the 2017 Vikings, there are these times when everything just kind of clicks. You've got all the right guys in the right spots and everything clicks. The pass rush feeds off the coverage. The coverage feeds off the pass rush, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm hopeful, man. I'm hopeful that Kirk Cousins is just under constant, constant duress. If you look at... um, if you look at Kirk Cousins, he is one of, I've mentioned how Aaron Rodgers is um, not the greatest under pressure. There aren't too many quarterbacks that are that have this wide of a gap between when they're under pressure and when they're kept clean. And this is, I, I checked over a couple of years, this has been the case since forever. When there's no pressure for Kirk Cousins, 75% completion percentage, which is actually 81.8% when you look at adjusted completion percentage, 3,336 yards. yards per attempt, 25 touchdowns, 5 interceptions, 94.7 overall grade with no pressure. With pressure, 45.9% completion percentage, goes up to 65.7, still kind of low. 885 yards, 5.1 yards per attempt, 8 touchdowns, 2 interceptions, 52 overall grade. So it goes from a a 52 to a 94. Generally, he's pressured on 33% of his snaps. That balance of 33%, 
52 overall grade and 66% 95 overall grade gave him an 88 overall grade. But what if instead of 33%, he's actually pressured 40%, 45%. What happens then? He has a pretty bad day. That's what happens. His turnover worthy plays when kept clean compared to pressure goes from 2.2% to 3.9%. Big time throws go from 5.7 down to 3.6%. Passer rating goes from 116 down to 72. But I guess if we're calling it official sacks, um, there were only two in week 11, but that was the game without Rashawn Gary. Both sacks came by way of Preston Smith. None from Tyler Lancaster, none from TJ Slayton, Jonathan Garvin, Tipa, Kenny, Dean, nothing. There's also only two sacks in week 17, one from Rashawn and one from Preston. So, I, I, you know, if it's improved, it's three. If you want to be real optimistic, you could say four. But just going through, it looks like most weeks were either one or two sacks. Uh, Against the Browns, they had five. These are PFF sacks. Um, Three, week 10 against Seattle. And then one, week nine, two, week eight. There you go, five again, week seven. This was against Washington. It's good information either way because it gives you kind of a baseline. You know, if if they get three sacks, you look at it and go, eh, whatever. But it's kind of a big deal. Uh, They had four against Chicago four against Cincinnati, and those, by the way, came one apiece from Preston Dean, Chris Barnes, and TJ Slayton. Then back to two again, week four, week three, they had five, so they were better earlier on in the season. I don't know if injuries or what. Uh, Against San Francisco, week two was zero, week one, let me guess, zero, zero. So for the first two weeks, they didn't have a single sack last year, not one, for two whole weeks. That's kind of crazy. So anyways, yeah, I mean, if, if they get three or four, that's a great day, just as sort of a benchmark. Goose says, where's the weak point on the Vikings defense, and how do you see the Packers attacking it? Well, if you ask Vikings fans, they'll tell you it's their, their run defense. And how do you attack that? It's running. <laughs> um, I think they've got some decent players, but it's kind of similar to the Packers, where if you look at it on paper, it's like, no, we got some guys that can play the run, but then your run defense as a whole just sucks. Um, if you're asking me just based on how these guys grade out and stuff, the corners are, in my opinion, kind of a weakness, but again, our wide receivers are not all that great. However, with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs there, I think that gives you some, some wild cards, especially Romeo Dobbs with his route running ability. You know, if we've got Sammy Watkins and, and Cam Dantzler kind of dancing, you know, that's going to free up Watson and Dobbs to work on guys like Pat Peterson. Now, I know, again, big name, but I don't know that he's that good of a football player. His last real big big season, good season, was 2018. He ranked fifth. Then he ranked 40th in 2019, 41st. Last year, he was 57th. Year before that was 83rd. So, you know, he's he's getting a little long in the tooth. And if you got some speed, and that's the thing with Patrick, you're talking intelligence. You know, I, I would almost say Alan Lazard, Patrick Peterson is a worse matchup because Patrick Peterson, whatever he's losing as far as his athleticism, he's gaining in terms of intelligence. And so you take a veteran like Alan Lazard and um, think you're going to be out crafty to a guy like Patrick Peterson. I don't know that that's going to happen. Just a thought. You know what else I'm wondering about? I'm just, I'm just curious. I was just kind of wondering if there was any chance you see a guy like Romeo or uh, Christian Watson taking some snaps in the slot. Just, just out of curiosity. I guess Sammy could also possibly. I'm just wondering. You know, I mean, if you go four wide receivers, you could have a second guy in this. I'm just, I'm just wondering. But in all reality, I, I think. But again, it's tough to call that a, a big matchup in our favor. Veteran corners against our rookie receivers who haven't proven anything. 
Um, their defensive front, again, I don't think it's a bad defensive front. The linebackers, I don't necessarily think are super fantastic linebackers, but Kendricks is a decent cover guy. So I don't know that we can necessarily say Tunyon just exploits that, especially since Tunyon's never really been an elite tight end, in my opinion. So I don't know. I don't know that we have a big matchup in our favor. Uh, again, I think the biggest weakness they have is probably corner, and that's our biggest weakness at wide receiver. So I guess we just need to hope that their run defense has not improved, establish the run, and just build around that. Quinton has a fun question. He says, what Packers rookie will have the best game? I'm actually going to pick a wide receiver. I know I, I think Quay Walker is the easiest answer to give, but man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Dobbs. You know, with, with the safeties that they have over the top and Christian Watson probably being more of a, of a deep threat and also maybe not even being, that, that's the biggest thing. Like, I, I don't know if Watson or Dobbs is going to have a more prominent role. I'm assuming it's Dobbs, but either way, Dobbs to me is, although he is a deep threat, no question, he's proven that. I just think he's a maybe well more well-rounded route runner right now with more of Rodgers' confidence. And so I could honestly see him kind of getting some love because I don't think they double him at all. I don't think they care enough, especially when you're talking about a veteran like Patrick Peterson or Cam Dantzler. I think they look at that and say, no, just go go do it. You'll be fine. I do like the speed though, man. Even even with the safeties, how many guys, we've got speed everywhere. We, 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 Sammy Watkins can get down the field. Romeo Dobbs can get down the field. Christian Watson can get down the field. Those safeties are going to have to cover a lot of ground. They really are. But uh, I'm going to say Dobbs. I'm just, I'm just going to pick one. I'm going to say Dobbs. Man, I'm, I cannot believe. It's, you know, it's like I've been wanting this all preseason. All the hype about Dobbs and Christian Watson and everything. Haven't really gotten a chance to see it. Dobbs a little bit, but not with Rodgers. Week one, boom. Especially as Packer fans, we don't get to see, you know, good rookie receivers just come out and have a prominent role with Aaron Rodgers week one. That just doesn't happen. It's crazy. <laughs> Aaron Nelson says, who do you think the Vikings are? What gives them the right? If you think I wouldn't, wasn't going to pick up on that office reference, you are very wrong, sir. It's an exit interview for, uh, for Toby. Should we just get back to the binder? <laughs> Brian says, if Jair and the rest of the secondary can shut down Jefferson, do the Vikings have any shot to win this game? P.S. I don't want to hear any BS on Ramsey being the NFL CB1 after that performance last night. That was actually pretty glorious. I will say, because I, I this is one of those things where I kind of switch positions. I've been saying Ramsey's overrated, 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 overrated for a very long time. Now I think maybe we've gone a little too far in the other direction. <laughs> Ramsey's a good corner. I just I just hate the idea that he's like he's on a tier by himself. He is he is the most dominant elite corner in football, then there's a giant gap, and then you get a pile of other guys. That's garbage. That's pure garbage. And so him getting absolutely torched, that just makes me happy. And he did. Um, to answer your question, though, yes. I, I, I don't really care. I mean, even with Justin Jefferson, it's, it's a you know 45% chance the Vikings win, just off the top of my head. You remove Justin Jefferson, I, that goes to 2%. You don't have enough with Thielen and Dalvin Cook and Irv Smith to beat the Packers if Justin Jefferson is not a contributor. So, yeah, I mean, if 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 they have Jair Shadow Jefferson and he shuts him down, which I don't necessarily expect because I just have a lot of respect for Justin Jefferson. And by the way, I don't mean zero receptions. I, I just mean generally. I mean, if you're talking even three receptions for 24 yards and zero touchdowns, that's shutting down Justin Jefferson. I'm talking north of 50 yards and a touchdown is is sort of the 
I don't want to say minimum expectation, but kind of baseline expectation. But if he, if, the bottom line is, if he's not a major contributor in this game, that I don't, I don't see a way for them to win. Roger Davis says, if the giraffe and Elton can't go or need help, which of the Vikings' edge rushers should the Packers double up on? Neither is an acceptable is an acceptable answer. Yeah. So where's the extra help going to go? If you know, if you've got a a tight end helping on the formation, which side of the line are you going to put him on? Um, that is tough. Uh, Zadarius obviously is going to be out for blood. He also has much more familiarity with this system. He has familiarity with the coaches. Mike Pettin is there. Uh, Smith is there, the linebacker coach or whatever. Um, he has experience playing this role that he has, you know, with, it's basically what he did with the Packers here. Whereas again, Daniel is going to have some, some different things to do. I do think Daniel is probably a better pass rusher, but I just, I, I don't know. It's close enough that I would consider giving the edge to Zadarius based on just, again, his familiarity with, with this style of, of, uh, rushing the passer. And it's going to be tough because I'm sure they're going to use him all over the offensive or the defensive line, similar to what the Packers did, um, inside, outside. And, you know, especially inside is where things get a little dicey. You know, you might have Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith next to each other. And so Yash, who is your best tackle, is over there blocking, you know, nobody. And then on the other side of the line where you have, let's say, Royce and Jake Hansen against Zadarius and, uh, Daniil, that that absolutely sucks a lot, but we'll see. I don't know that there is necessarily a right answer, but if if you if you gave me a tight end and said put him on one side of the line, I might put him over by Zadarius. But that's something that'll kind of come to we'll come to see as as time. And and really, that's that's kind of maybe the bigger part of the equation too. If if Daniil is going to be on the right side of the line, if neither of them play, Yash is probably your best tackle so the right side of the line would make more sense just based on who's the better pass rusher maybe kind of a little bit lean Zadarius but when you factor in the tackles yeah you might go to the other side and hey while we're on Patreon Robert Stewart jumping in on uh, Patreon I appreciate that man thank you so much and then finally Andy says will the Packers top 200 rushing yards Minnesota run defense was awful last year and Zadarius isn't too good at it um no the Packers won't top 200 rushing yards. They did that zero times last year. The Vikings gave up 200 yards twice last year. Once to Baltimore, 247 yards, because that's what they do. Once to the 49ers, because that's what they do. Um, I will say this, though. In uh, 2020, the Packers did it twice. Once against Detroit, almost 260 yards. Once against Tennessee, 234 yards. Probably remember that one. Um, if both tackles are playing... We got a shot, especially if we really lean on the run. If it's working and we continue to lean on it because of the, the situation with the wide receivers, there is a chance, but it's a very, I mean, in two years, we've done it twice. Last year, the Vikings allowed that twice. It just seems really unlikely. I mean, the Packers, for all the talk about the running backs and everything, we ranked 20th in yards per attempt. So anyways, that's the end of the questions. Let's do, we're getting a little bit long. Why don't we skip? We'll skip hot takes. We'll save that for tomorrow because that one sounds fun. And we'll do best offensive and defensive players, the predictions. You know what? No, I'm going to do the opposite. Sorry, I'm all over the place. We'll save best player predictions for tomorrow. That feels like a tomorrow thing. Hot takes, Packers, Vikings. Patrick says the blocking is going to be crucial with regards to the offense and finding receivers. That's uh, 100% true, which again is why I'm slightly nervous. Goose says Jones and Dylan are going to absolutely pummel the Vikings on the ground and the air. I'm calling it together. They have 240 rushing yards, 150 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. I mean, it's a hot take. That's for sure. 
Craig says, special teams show up. He adds, please, please, please. Talk about a hot take. Edwards says, Cousins throws two pick sixes. I, I, I have this constant urge to say I disagree, but obviously I do because they're hot takes, so I'm just going to not say that. But um, two picks, in my opinion, is a hot take. <laughs> Cousin threw two interceptions once last year against Pittsburgh. So two pick sixes would be something. Quinton says, I'm with Goose. I'd say Jones and Dylan account for 200-plus all-purpose yards and three touchdowns. That's a little bit more reasonable, but yep. Aaron says, there won't be a sack for either team, but a pressure that Gary Preston bring will cause multiple turnovers in the secondary. So pressures that they bring. Fair enough. That's depressing, but fair enough. Aaron Miller says, the wide receivers are going to shut up the media. And Roger Davis says, watch for Z's famous swim move to the outside to open some gaping holes for the quad father and Aaron Jones. Now, the Vikings did allow 4.7 yards per attempt last year, ranking 29th, 26th in total yards, giving up 14th in rushing touchdowns. So that's obviously where everybody's head's at. I'm going to leave it at that, though. Tomorrow, hopefully, we'll just uh, open it up, have some fun, look at a few of the other games, but um, keep it light. You folks have yourselves a fantastic day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.